Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Boom, boom, not CM Punk. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen at DAD. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast live in the studio, studio, apartment, apartment. Uh, of course, Colt Cabana. But we're actually, we're actual studio. This is not a studio apartment. This is the studio studio. Mm. Colt Cabana has returned. It is, I would say this is a return cameoed this he's not an aew contracted talent he's a ring of honor contracted talent or was that just semantics the kingdom have more of a foot in aew than colt cabana dark order member day one a person well one of those is matt taven so you'd you'd have thought they would have more of a foot in the door and i love matt taven Uh, Please, if you haven't already, give us a subscribe, press the thumbs up button, leave a comment down below with what you thought of AEW Dynamite. You're going to want to subscribe because Tempest and I will be here on Saturday reviewing Crown Jewel live. Not not reviewing it, giving your live reactions to it. You and I will be here on Sunday reviewing the show. But Mm. yeah, Tempest and Ollie will be doing their live reactions. It is you versus Tempo for the Jam That Championship. Getting that title shot that was stolen away from you by some nefarious bellend at Clash at the Castle. Yeah. Can't, can't remember who it was, but someone did steal it from you. Yeah, they went into business for themselves. Yeah. I'm glad they failed. And of <laughs> course, also get in your Omega chats. We They're can no longer adapted. Uh, get those into wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one over five US dollars before the end of the show. But first, let's talk about the man who surprised Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho announced that he'll take on a former Ring of Honor champion, crucially not a world champion, but anyone who's been a champion in Ring of Honor. And we were like, well, who could that be? Mm. And I don't think we ever thought Boom Boom Colt Cabana. No, and I think the reason why none of us really thought of the name Boom Boom Colt Cabana is because he's been gone. Mm. And, you know, there there were <laughs> lots of reports and rumblings that Colt Cabana was not really on being featured on Dynamite a lot at... Uh, not at the behest of CM Punk, but sort of like, was sort of implied. Hmm. And then when Cabana's contract came up, there were, it was just like, to me, I was like, do you know what? I don't think I'm going to re-sign Colt Cabana. I'm not going to explain Sorry, why. I just think you said Nick Khan. 
Tony Khan. Did I say Nick Khan? I, I, maybe I, you did. I just I wanted, met, well, just yes, in case people just in case. go crazy. Tony Khan yeah. um, was like, I'm not going to re-sign him. And then there was a lot of people that fought for Colt Cabana to get re-signed. So what Tony Khan did, he's a bit smart. Don't want to mess up. You know, don't want to anger your top champion, the guy who's making you millions of dollars. So you sign him to Ring of Honor instead. <laughs> And you go over to the B project that's over here. So I guess most of us just thought that we're not going to see Colt now until Ring of Honor gets its TV deal, even though there's countless Ring of Honor matches that happen on Dynamite every week. Or until CM Punk is uh, done with the company. Yeah. So this is the... Because this match was announced last week, I'm not saying, you know, they didn't say Colt Cabana's name, but the, I, the plans were in place as of last Wednesday's show. That's also the first show that had the elite tease. It's also the week that all the reports started coming out that the investigation is done. And obviously, if Colt Cabana is appearing on this episode, the elite have started to get teased from last week's episode. I think it's very clear CM Punk is done with AEW. This feels like the most definitive proof that Tony Khan is done with his relationship Nick with Khan. CM Punk. Uh, yes. No, no, no. No, this one is Tony. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, Nick Khan maybe wanted to get into bed with CM Punk. Like, you know, going by Fightful Select's new report that WWE are kind of open to the idea mm. of CM Punk making a comeback. I can't imagine why. Because um, he'll make them loads of money. Uh, so this, for me, feels like the most definitive proof of the investigation is done. We have sided with the elite. And Punk is never coming back to this company. Because I just don't think, like, like, the Elite is one thing. Cabana's the the real one for me here. Mm. The look on Cabana's face as well when he came out. Like, genuine emotion on the face of Colt Cabana when he came out. Because it was a great reaction from this Baltimore what? crowd. I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was... I don't think anyone got a great reaction on this show. But, well, apart from... La, is it Lamar Jackson? Well, he was so he was so beloved in this town that he distracted from an, a match with John yeah. Moxley in it. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody got a, a big reaction on the show. Oh, but of the reactions that were there, I would say that he was of the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it clearly meant a lot to him. Um, that football player, but I'm going to assume he's a football player. Yes. Um, uh, a, ruined a match. Uh, and then B, looked like he didn't want to be there. Poor guy, though. You know, imagine he's just gone to the toilet. He's coming back. Doesn't, you know, just, just trying to get to his seat. Everyone, MVP, MVP. Yeah. And John Mox is there like, dude, guys, come on. Yeah. I'm the world champion wrestling right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm an actual important sports mm. person. He's a loser nobody. Don't pay attention to those people. Local sports teams are very popular in the local area. It really does feel like that. Uh, you, you're right, though. Colt Cabana came out like sort of tears behind his eyes there was no dark order packaging there was no comedy for colt cabana and the commentators did quite a good job of putting this over as well it's because he loves ring of honor he feels sort of affronted by everything jericho's done to the brand the, when they did the code <laughs> of honor handshake and he was like pushing jericho back mm. into the corner like it was like a serious Colt Cabana. Yeah. It was kind of rad. Serious Colt Cabana is really good. I mean, I'm, I'm unapologetic. Love Colt Cabana. I love the way he wrestles. Um, I thought he was great in this, but I never bought into him winning. No. He he did the sort of, the closest fool was when he did the, the, the Superman. Superman pin. Jake Hager stopped it. Cabana awesomely takes out both Garcia and Hager with a, a moonsault to the outside. Gets back in. Codebreaker. 
one, two, three. Not even a Judas effect. Well, nobody ducked the Judas effective. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that this was, you're right. Like, I don't think anyone would have bought Cabana winning the belt here. However, credit to Ian Riccoboni, because I thought he sold this match beautifully well. Like, you know, he was right at the start. He said, I'm going to, no bones about this. We're friends. And like, you know, he's come around to my house for, for mm. dinner. Like I am going to be on Colt's side in this match because Ian Riccoboni is also against Jericho and the way that Jericho is treating Ring of Honor. So Ian Riccoboni like cheering on um, the baby face to win in this match really did actually sort of like get me kind of like, yeah, I'd really like to see Colt win actually. Like I know he's not going to, but I want to see him win. And I thought the Riccoboni did a really good job in that. It's like Michael Cohen and Pat McAfee match. Yeah, it just adds that layer. Exactly that. They're friends. Uh, the, yeah, so this was, uh, afterwards there was an angle where the JS went to beat up Riccoboni, but Blackpool Combat Club made the save. I expect Colt Cabana to now disappear into an ether that doesn't have to do with backstage politics. It's just because they can't find a place on him for him on the midcard. Yeah, and then once Ring of Honor starts up, He'll go across to, as you said, he is Ring of Honor contracted mm. talent. I, I thought this was a nice moment, and it really felt like it was done to just highlight that we are turning over a new leaf. This is the start of a new chapter of AEW with no punk. That That's just kind of what this felt like. And I, I mean, I recommend everyone go out and listen to Wrestling Observer Radio and uh, <laughs> Dave Meltzer uh, and Brian Alvarez talk about this segment. And them talk about how that this was all started like all of this cm punk and elite drama that happened at brawl out started from that report that colt cabana was not allowed to be on dynamite which is why he got signed to ring of honor and punk's annoyance that that rumor had been started about him mm. and then dave Meltzer was like turns out it was true <laughs> <laughs> well that the not the punk bit was true we don't know that bit was true but there was because I think there's definitely an argument here to, or a side where Tony Khan has seen this and just gone, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this to appease Punk and Punk hasn't asked for it. Yeah. I think it was that's like... That's absolutely fair. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Uh, the other fun thing to note of this is that, <laughs> yes, Colt Commander is a former Ring of Honor tag team champion with CM Punk. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Let's see what you'll think on the uh, Omega chat. Steel was like their manager and trainer. Jeez. (laughs) Twisting the knife. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And there's been no chats on Cole Cabana. Well, everyone wants to talk about Jeff Jarrett by the looks yes. of things. Like when I when Jarrett debuted on this show, like I was like a Jarrett, that's fun. I can see where this is going for, for full gear. And then when they played the My World theme, I was like, well, this is a five out of five segment. They're just like <laughs> one of the greatest wrestling returns of all time. Um, but I really did think like, ah, no one will care about this. Like it'll What? Be, well, in a way that people will either say like, this is brilliant, or people will say that is stupid. But there'll be more talk about Colt Cabana and more talk about Shibata and more talk about like some other things that were on this really? show. Malachi Black was on this show. Like I thought yeah, that yeah. would be a bigger talking point. Nope. Everyone wanted to talk about Jeff Jarrett. Like the live chat when it came up, everyone was like, "Yeah, Jeff Jarrett's the only talking point from this show for me." It is. It is the the craziest thing on the show. Uh, but let's go through a few chats and then we'll get into the main play by play. Don't mind me. I'm at work. Says I was holding a monkey's paw and I said, "I wish this show wasn't so much like WCW." And poof, Jeff Jarrett was summoned like a genie, and suddenly the show became all Impact Wrestling. Jeff Jarrett was a very big part of WCW near the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what he's saying. I wish the show was... Uh, yeah, and then Jeff Jarrett appears. Oh, I care. See, oh, monkey's yeah. poor thing. Uh, All Impact Wrestling. Sorry, when they do a reverse battle royal, at least Luke will be happy. It's I, one for the live events. Yeah, I, I think that would be a, a fun little live events thing to do. Like, you know, I love the fact that Impact lends into that when they had their 20th mm. anniversary Slammiversary show was just like a, guys, we're going to do a reverse battle royal because you have to celebrate the bad with the good. Detective Din, lads, I'm not too sure about this full gear main event. It's going to be a good match and MJF has organically gotten over, but he did that as a heel. Even if he pins Mox clean in the middle of the ring, will he be ready or would he wait another pay-per-view? Well, here's the thing is if I think if MJF does win, he ain't winning this clean. Mm. If anything, I think he may win with the help of some brass knucks. William Regal's own. You think Regal's going to turn? I think Regal's <gasps> turning at the pace. I've never even thought of that. I think Regal turns on Mox at the pace. Oh, ouch. Charles Berg. Unfortunately, I can't properly convey my opinions on AEW's current issues and steps to remedy them in just 255 characters. But, in short, separate Ring of Honor. All Atlantic becomes a Rampage exclusive title. More Miro. Refocus on the TNT title. Reorganize roster. 
That's a good good yeah, checklist to I, start with. I think separating Ring of Honor is something that they are trying to do. Like they are trying to get a TV show so they can stop doing Ring of Honor stuff on Dynamite. It's been a while now. William Rosmer, the Tempest speak Cassidy Shibata into the world back at Forbidden Door. Also, what do you think the odds are on Acclaimed versus FTR versus Ass Boys versus Swerve and Our Glory? Of the pay-per-view, a four-way. No, I think it will just be acclaimed versus Swerve and Our Glory. FTR versus Ass Boys <laughs> will be a, um, on a, a Supercard of Honor or, or um, Honor No More, whichever show it is. Or Death that, it, Honor. that is a zero-hour kickoff pre-show match. Or it could be that. Mm. Uh, me and Tempest have got a video going live later where he just... I said, hey, Tempest, give us a short history on <laughs> Shibata. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that was short. <laughs> I, I said to him afterwards, we should just do a, a, a skit where I'm just there, like nodding, but in my head. Dun 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 dun. For our, our Patreon backers, we didn't talk about this in the behind the scenes show that will come out next week uh, over at patreon.com forward slash rest talk. However, here's a little behind the scenes tidbit for you Ollie Davis has not stopped singing Bray Wyatt's new entrance theme around the office. But only the piano. Intro. Only that bit. He'll just be sat there and just going. It has wormed its way into my head. Fred Verst. Oof. The Jeff Jarrett is all elite graphic made me sick. After all the nonsense of 2022, I can't believe this is my breaking point. But here we are. I've been a consistent viewer of the live product since 2019. Alas, I just can't do it anymore. Guys, he's not going to be like the main events winning the belt or anything like that. Like he is. He tries to in every promotion <laughs> he's in. He, I, here's my big prediction for Jarrett. He's on TV till full gear, then that's it. Uh, Juan Villa, member for 15 months. Sizzamy, Papa Luke, and Big Bro Ollie. That's um, oh, weird. <laughs> EN94, nothing against the roster, but the more I watch AEW, the more I agree with Kenny's backstage comment of how he wouldn't hire most of the people there if he was in charge. Where Miro? Where Miro? Um, Miro's filming something, isn't he? He's always filming something. Yeah. I think they could probably get him back in every now and again. Uh, that was a joke from Omega. Um, I don't know if that's true, though. But yeah, you, you look at like the elite split, how their wrestling philosophy differs from the rest of maybe these other guys, mm -hmm. potentially. Spencer, to further Ollie's point about there being too many belts in AEW, something that legitimately made me laugh at the end of the episode was Powerhouse Hobbs almost picking up the Ring of Honor TV belt, stopping himself, and then having to look for the TNT belt. Yeah. So many belts. And finally for now, TV on 15. I was in this Baltimore crowd. We were loud as F all night. But did you guys hear the you're not Usi chance during the main event? I did not. No, no. I didn't. Or maybe the maybe the crowd weren't mic that well then. Because I don't yeah. think you came across great at all. No. Apart from LeVar Jackson or Lamar Jackson, whatever his name is. Or was that just targeted at Samoa Joe? Oh, yeah. That just feels... Yeah. He's a Samoan called Joe. Yeah. This episode of AEW Dynamite... Genuinely... The <laughs> AEW stuff has gotten to me. I've come to not enjoy Thursdays. I enjoy watching Dynamite, but I do not enjoy the process afterwards. I thought, okay, I'm going to really approach this positively. And I, you know, I'll have my issues, obviously, but I will just like put them in there, but I won't make a big song and dance grumpy thing about them. 
Because if you there's, there's plenty of positives to focusing on dynamite. Of course there are. And the very first thing that happens is Jeff Jarrett shows up in AEW after, and we all seem to be forgetting this, a terrible reveal. That's the point, though. That's the misdirect. It's not a good misdirect. There were two misdirects here before the Jarrett thing. Like, like Cole <laughs> Carter was chosen specifically because it's a bad reveal. Mm. Because then that makes the Sting thing seem bigger, which then means the Jarrett thing is then bigger than that. Like that's it's done on purpose. I'm not saying I it's. I think it was good. I'm not saying it's a great idea, but like I'm, they know that it's a bad reveal. Okay, well let, let me recap what happened, and I'll tell you a better way of doing this thing. So. It's Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal teased last week that he's going to have someone from Darby's past. And this is a rematch after Darby won the first one. Less so it's it's someone that knows Darby's weakness. Okay. That's kind of the that's the other misdirect of this. Because everyone thinks it's someone connected to Darby and it's not it's someone connected to Sting. Right. Okay, okay, that makes a bit more sense. Anyway, they're having a match. Darby's selling his ribs after the shutter attack last week. And actually, this match did probably have the spot of the night. And I put this on top of Jungle Boy's running spear crossbody thing off the stage. Darby Allen does this bullet dive outside so fast, as he is wont to do. And he clashes into Satnam Singh. And Satnam Singh, his shirt doesn't even move. Satnam Singh sold this perfectly. <laughs> like, this is the greatest thing Satnam Singh has done in this company since he debuted. When it happened, I was like, actually, maybe the debut was worth it. <laughs> that was so good. It's awesome. It was so Darby literally, he, he did it into a brick wall. That was the effectiveness he had. A brick wall would move more than Satnam Singh did. It was incredible. Um, but then the referee off the back of that ejected Sanjay and Satnam from ringside. And then... Behind the referee's back, someone dressed as Sting, obviously not Sting, attacked Darby, and Jay Lethal got the win. And then Sting revealed himself to be two dimes Cole Carter, yeah, which was just a an awful reveal. I would say, like, just don't have Sanjay at ringside, and Sanjay is the person who revealed. Aha, we got you. Y yes, but also like that then doesn't work as the misdirect. Why not? Because the whole point of this is you're supposed to think he's the person that they've brought in to find Darby's weakness. If you just if it's just Sanjay Dutt, then it doesn't work because Sanjay's already part of the act. Yeah, but that's the point. It's almost but it's more of a heel act because it's such a lame idea. I just, you, but then the actual idea is Jeff Jarrett. Because at the moment you're doing you're doing a misdirect that's crap. This is just a misdirect would, that's a heel thing. But I thing. would say that it's being sold that it's bad. Because the commentary were even puzzled by this. Oh, I don't think it works. I, I, think I, it works? Again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good idea or that it works, but that was the intent. Like, that's what they were going for. Yeah. What, that they were going to... But to reveal someone that would not get a reaction. Because the Sanjay. idea... Sanjay. Would be but Sanjay would, get, Sanjay would just get a puzzled reaction because everyone was expecting it to be more a, puzzled than this guy. Well, yeah, because you don't want puzzled to be into Sting because then that that like the transition doesn't work. But to go from no reaction to the Sting reaction, that's a big jump. And then to go from the Sting reaction to the Jerry reaction, that's another big jump of the same reaction. You don't think if Sting takes off the mask and it's Sanjay and all the heels are going yuck yuck yuck? What are, you know? Because they're like a lame heel faction. Mm. Yuck yuck yuck. Look at this. We're, we're not really Sting. And everyone's like, oh, that's rubbish, as opposed to, 
Cole Carter. No, I, no, because no one said his name. <laughs> Everyone in that building was like, who is that? Yeah. Because I'm watching this show and I'm like, I have no idea who this is. And so the commentary was like, Cole Carter? Mm. And I'm like, does he have connections to Derby? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and, also I th- and I was like, oh, it's Cole Carter to Zero Reaction. I was like, that's a really lame reveal. And I was like, oh, and that's because Sting's coming out now. And then they, Sting doesn't come out. It's the Jarrett thing. And I was like, oh, actually, do you know what? I, it's not the way I would have done it, but I actually think the intent they were going for was admirable. And I think that it more or less worked, because Jarrett got a good reaction when, when he was revealed. He would have got a good reaction no matter what happened. No, It's Jarrett it was, turning yeah, up. But at least you could try something a bit different. I didn't think it worked. But this Jarrett thing, he turns up, he clobbers uh, Darby with the guitar, and then he cuts a promo. And he's, he has a really good line. He's talking about how his family have been in the wrestling business forever. Wherever the Jarretts went, we left an impact. There's a good line. Should have got a bigger reaction. Yeah, yeah. Should have got a bigger reaction. The I, crowd wasn't liked. I love the fact that this crowd cheered him when he arrived because, you know, it's the surprise big reveal and this, that, and the other. And then afterwards, we're just like, oh, actually, no, you suck, Jarrett. And then started chanting, you still suck. Because it's just like, yeah, we cheered for you, but you still suck, Jarrett. My favorite thing about this, though, is that when Jarrett clobbered him with that guitar, because Darby proper lent into it, he got busted open. Sanjay Dutt's be this big heel. It's like, yeah. Oh, actually, he is hurt, though. <laughs> and you can see him look off to the medical to be like, can you just go and check on Darby? <laughs> He's all right. And the camera then doesn't show Darby for mm. ages. Because, well, the medical would just go around yeah. and be like, yeah, no, he's okay. Uh, the the Jarrett's other thing was he starts to trash the AEW fans. Easy heat. He's Easy. Dan Lambert, and he yeah. Well, that I I put he's like a less good Dan Lambert. <laughs> Literally in my notes. Where's come, Dan Lambert? Come on now, you can't be saying Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, but it's Jeff Jarrett in 2022. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett in 2022 was getting the mate. He got the look at the heat he got in GCW when he attacked. Yeah, Effie. yeah. But I just don't think like if you know maybe give it a few weeks, see how he does, but. This promo was nowhere near as good as the exact same kind of promo that Dan Lambert was doing. So it's no. less good Dan Lambert. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, the so Jarrett is going to be aligned with Jay Lethal's faction. It seems. Yeah, they're, they're Team Impact. Mm. Is that what they're called? No, no, of course they're not. No, but like that's what commentary was saying. Is like that's the connection between him, Lethal, and Dutt. Is that and Jarrett was like that. Like. Uh, sorry, the comments were like, Jarrett knows these two so well. You know, he got them jobs um, in the sort of early parts of their career. And that is, and Jarrett said, like, your weakness is Sting. Mm. And who knows Sting better than Jeff Jarrett? And I think now we're going to be leading to probably a very fun, I think, six-man tag at the pay-per-view. You can do Jarrett, Lethal, and Dutt. Sorry, uh, sorry, Jarrett, Lethal, and Satnam Singh versus Darby, Sting, and Paul White. Why Paul White? Because he's a giant. So oh, no. Giant versus the giant I of Satnam just Singh. Keep it, you're overthinking that. Keep it just a tag match. Yeah, but you've got to get Satnam in there. And like, <laughs> because no, like, he's the imposing force on the outside. Yeah, so you put him in the ring with Big Show. Oh, no. I don't like that. <laughs> um, so Jarrett, just uh, as an aside backstage, will have a in-office role. Yeah, there's the same in-office role he was having in, had it for a brief stint in WWE, which was to run live events. To me, that sounds like AEW are going to do house shows. That, that was my answer behind it as well, yeah. And that's the other thing as well. Like, I think people getting annoyed that Jeff Jarrett is on TV is like, he's, got, he's a background character to begin with, but B, he's going to be an office guy just doing live show stuff. 
But I, I think the exciting thing is then that means that we probably are going to be getting house show loops in the in next year. My trepidation with Jarrett, and you know, we've met him, and he is an incredibly, incredibly charming man. He loves you. Well, yeah, well, he's just... Where's Ollie Davis? Where's <laughs> Ollie Davis? But you can see, like, it's that smooth-talking Southern gentleman uh, act that is very... Easy. <laughs> it's very easy to get enamoured by. And, you know, ever since that, st still to this day, I'm like, oh, I like Jack. <laughs> you know? He's the world's greatest carny. Yeah. He's one of so the good. greatest at this game. But I cannot overlook the fact that he has a trail of business destruction oh, in yeah. his wake. GFW, the gold stuff, a lot of TNA. Like, I, I don't think it's a good hire. I know he's like he's undoubtedly got experience, but for me, I think he's got the wrong kind of experience. He's got old wrestling experience, and following his career, I don't think he learns from mistakes. I think he goes from job to job and just, you know, does a thing there and either gets bored or something blows up and he has to go. I, th I, I don't think it's going to work out well. I can tell you exactly why Jeff Jarrett was hired for this role. Because Tony Khan is a fan of WCW and TNA Impact. Mm hmm and I mean, it's, it's clear that TK loves WCW and it's very clear if you watch the product, he loved it. He loved TNA because a lot of TNA guys are, are now there. And I think that's probably why he picked Jarrett to, to run live events. We'll see. Like, you know, the reports from Jarrett and WWE were very good when he was running live events, but WWE is a very different mm. company to AEW. I... I do not have enough confidence that this is going to work. I don't know if this is the best hire for this job, but I think that it's it's encouraging that they are at least doing this job. But you know, having said all of that, they have his TNA thing, so it's a, <laughs> it's an absolute win for me. Let's just remind ourselves of the great lyrics to Jeff Jarrett's My World. This earth is not your place. The pale skin is on your face. If you step inside with me, you will see a king. He ain't dead. He is Jeff. Don't want to hear your big mouth talk in my world. It's poetry. He, he's Jeff. He is Jeff. Uh, after that, Mox cut a promo on Lee Moriarty ahead of their match. Then we got the next Elite promo. Not much development from the previous weeks where they were just erased from things. It just focused in more on Death Triangle. Showed a clip of the Elite winning the trios championships. Then an uh, sort of video editing piece of software where they deleted that and they put Death Triangle winning the trios championships and then a little graphic which had the Elite um, disappear from a promotional live event show. I think this looks really low rent. It looks like it was made by the Elite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't... I, if this was the idea that was brought to me, I go... Let's come up with some other ideas. I know. I think the idea is fine. I actually mm. think the idea is great. I, and I, I'm, I don't know if I was <clears> expecting another one or what the, the next follow-up to this was going to be. But I'm really just intrigued as to what this all means for the Elite coming back. They're going to face Death Triangle. Well, they're going to win the belts back. I yeah. mean, that, that's, that's point one. Like, <laughs> that's fine. See, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually, this second one, I'm, I'm not intrigued anymore because I just, they're going to come back. They're, they're going to pick up exactly where they left off, oh, as, yeah. as is the AEW way. I guess, like, are they heels? Are they faces? I don't know. At the moment, these promos aren't doing enough to make me care either. Fair enough. Um, but they did have, only in one shot, the file name changed. Uh, one of the files on the thing said, 
Get the E out. Oh, that's very good. That's very, very good. good. I didn't spot that. Uh, yeah, I did, you know, it's the Bray Wyatt last couple of months. I, I paused it. I was like, I'm reading every single file on this screen. Uh, we got Moxley versus Lee Moriarty next. It was off the back of the firm attacking Moxley last week, of course. Ethan Page was weirdly on commentary. I think if you're going to do this, Stokely should be on commentary. Ethan Page should be at ringside. Well, Ethan Page was there to set up that he's never been beaten by Moxley. And so that he's now the next guy for Moxley to face. Yeah. And, it was, and it's a way to give him some mic time that's not doing wrestling promo mic time. It's just him doing it on commentary and get his, uh, get his character over. It, it actually, like, it's more beneficial for this to be um, Paige than it is Stokely. I feel, I feel like the, the main thing here should be getting over the firm. Because I, I, I don't think they're anywhere where they need to be. Well, and you want... they're, they're in two different storylines. I know. <laughs> what? And I, I got confused with the embassy at the end of the show. I was like, oh, God, the firm... oh no, wait, they are a different faction. I, I I think it's I think Stokely should be on commentary for this. Um, this was you know a fine match. Lee Moriarty's very good. John Moxley's very good. But the crowd it didn't sound like they were into it, and they got distracted by the aforementioned Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I thought uh, Sullivan. They were chanting SBB. I was like, is Sullivan there? <laughs> Sullivan Bow Brown. Um, SBB. But yeah, Lee did some Blackpool Combat Club stomps, but Mox won. Um, I can't even remember how. With the Gigi Katami. Right. The arm, the arm breaker. And then um, Ethan Page then ran down and took out uh, Moxley to set himself up as the next guy in the firm for Moxley to face. So with full gear, uh, not so we've got this show, then we've got next week's show, and the show after that is the go home for full yeah, gear. Yeah, we have three weeks of Dynamite left, yes. Two weeks. Uh no, we've got three weeks. T two episodes, though. No, I think there's three weeks. Because the, the pay-per-view's not next weekend. It's not weekend after that. It's weekend after that. So that'll be three shows. Let me get Google Calendar. Let's get the Google Calendar out. Hold on. <laughs> Google Calendar. Um, I, I need to switch it to month. Yeah, you want to go month mode yeah, for this. Yeah, month mode. Yeah. But you, can't, you can't get a sense for it if it's yeah. in week. Yeah, that's why I You've just selected week again. Yeah, I know. Well, okay, so you got one, two, three. No. No, no, it's full, that's yeah. Survivor Series. Oh, that's Survivor Series. Oh, no, you are right, it's two. Full Gears on the 19th. Yes, we have, we have the 9th and the 16th episode left. <clears throat> so two episodes of Dynamite left. I just feel like MJF was missing from this show. I thought it was weird that he was not on this show. Like, it's one of those things of, like, AEW's, one of their strengths is that their roster's so big that you don't have to have everyone on every show and they don't get overexposed. Mm. But also, he's in your world championship program. I guess it sells the beatdown from last week, and that's why he was kept off TV. But I don't think they made enough of that yeah, yeah. to sell that that's the idea why he was missing. I agree. Uh, Rene Paquette, and then he said, young then. What am I? Where? 2018. <laughs> uh, had a sit-down interview with Sir Raya. Britt Baker was meant to be there, but she no-showed. And Renee said, hey, elephant in the room, can you wrestle? <laughs> and she said, next week, uh, she's got one more doctor to consult. Which will be Britt Baker. Yeah. And so, I think the consultation will be hitting her in the face. Yes. And that'll set up their match for a full gear. Nice little line. Uh, then we, the commentators explained who Lamar Jackson was. Yep. William Regal did a promo on MJF. Uh, with Tony Schiavone. Yep, saying that he's going to turn heel so on, on this is Let's get into this. I've not thought of this. Yeah, I, it was something, I don't know, like I was just thinking about it and I was like, I'm trying, I was trying to think of how, what the, the finish of the match could, was going to be. Because I said this on Blackpool Content Club last week that 
ever since the firm turned on MJF, I'm now like unsure as to whether MJF is going to win at full gear. So, and I think I said that on the Dynamite review as well. Um, and then I just thought, I was like, oh, what if Regal turns heel? And then I was just sort of like going down that path. And now I'm just saying it. How in, does it make in, sense? In the, in the same way that I'm just going to say that Paul White is going to wrestle Satnam Singh <laughs> at full gear. Because it's the idea that I had in my head today. So it's from the idea I'm just going to say on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it certainly would be shocking. I mean, it is him to make like you'll never, <clears throat> you don't know what it's like to, you don't know what it means to be a true villain. I don't know if, I, it would be shocking. I don't know if MJF needs Regal. Um, no, but Moxley. I never does Danielson. But I never thought Punk needed Heyman. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite pairings of all time. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't want the Blackpool Combat Club to fizzle out like that. Although they have become massively diluted. I don't know. It's a weird one. Send in some chats about it, and hmm. we can see what you guys think. Uh, we got Daddy Ass Birthday Party. Um, the, the acclaimed. Because I think it's because. When we talk about, we used to say, wow, AEW has great variety. That's why it's so far quicker and more enjoyable watch than WWE. I do feel like AEW has become, that variety is now, here's all the wrestling. It all kind of feels the same. Mm -hmm. So when the acclaimed come out and do a sports entertainment segment, it is it is a real nice actual bit of variety and they have been knocking out the park i love this when they got the little the scissors from that little kid and the scissors had a birthday hat on i was like that kid's having a great time yeah yeah like, that kid had a wonderful like that that meant a lot to that kid and that was lovely <clears throat> and the reveal that they're now selling scissor foam fingers of course a genius little bit of merchandise there and they got him a trophy that said world's greatest dad and they <laughs> put on a d and a y at the end of that and then they announced that they're going to be officially adopted by Daddy Ass. I thought this was a lovely little segment. It's a nice escalation of the relationship as well from the previous segments we've had. Yeah. It, it was great. And also an excellent line. You, you always look at a uh, 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 caster for those sort of all moments. But Bowen says here that he had some other original guests planned, two cancelled last minute, and the rest were kind of upset you didn't go to the reunion. And the whole crowd, because of course it's a DX jab, the whole crowd went crazy. That was probably one of the biggest pops of the night. And Billy Gunn just went with the scissor fingers on. Yeah, it's a shame that the camera missed him do the crotch job. Yeah, yeah, But, you know, the crowd saw it and that's important. I think it's for the best. You might get a cease and desist. That's true. Do you remember when WWE stopped <laughs> the, the Bucks from doing the two sweets? Um, what, the... what a weird world it was. Yeah. The ass boys came out. They they were sad that they didn't get invited. Taz, I think it was Taz, said, "Here's uh, Billy Gunn's birth sons." <laughs> just so, just so funny. And then um, W Morrissey took out everybody. I've written my notes here. I can <clears> hear <throat> Ollie's groan from all the other side of Kent. Well, just what? What's he? What's he doing? Well, he's with the ass boys. Like they're part of the same faction. No one's annoyed at Morrissey. No one's got like beef with Morrissey and the AW MJ, for attacking MJF of all people. Probably not. And Moxley at G GCW. Granted, that's a separate thing. And here, I feel like Morrissey, like he's he, protected. He's the big guy. Maybe put him in the ring with Sat now. I saying. feel like he's just a MacGuffin. I feel like he is a walking <laughs> plot device. How are we going to end this segment? 
copy and drag and drop W Morrissey. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that, that's your big cast I, role. I really think the firm is so one-dimensional. The, the firm are rubbish. Mm. Like, actual rubbish. They're a, a really badly established group. And they gave them mic time and they gave them, you know, and I credit to AEW, they're trying to push them. Like, Tony clearly sees something in this group and he's trying to elevate talent. But they're not getting any reactions whatsoever because they feel like this mid-card act. Mm. It's not like WWE wants like really pushed the right to censor to the moon. <laughs> they just kept them like lower on the mid-card. But the right censor were getting reactions that if they'd have gone out and attacked The Rock, they would have got like major heat off the back of it. Great B pay-per-view main event. A great B pay-per-view main event. But the firm are not getting any form of reaction really because it's the ass boys and it's and it's big ass from wwe and, and ethan page <laughs> is that the connection yeah that's it yeah ass. it's big ass and the ass boys and of asses. <laughs> um i just don't, and what is their gimmick uh they're baddies they're a group they of take baddies. money i think they have matt hardy under contract Oh god, yeah, and private party. <laughs> oh yeah, and private party they do. Yeah, very rubbish little gimmick this, but uh, they're trying to elevate new talent. <laughs> so I, I'm giving them a, a an encouraging <laughs> thumbs up. I'm giving them a really sarcastic thumbs up to be like, it's a good effort, guys. A for effort, but a massive D for execution. FTR came down for the save and very grumpily handed over the tag team titles. Uh, I. I mean, I think FTR were trying to get over the fact that we're coming for these soon. They just look done with this. <laughs> if I don't, this is not how they look when they come out most times when I've seen them. Um, They're annoyed at the Ass Boys. Hmm? They're annoyed at the Ass Boys. What, having to feud with the Ass Boys? Well, the Ass Boys cost them their match last like, week. Jeez, we're wrestling the Briscoes on the last ring. We had some <laughs> of the best matches of our career and of the year at the last ring of Honor pay-per-view. I've got the Ass Boys. <laughs> Hey now, the Ass Boys were like undefeated in AEW for two years. Mm, on dark. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker won a tag match on Rampage. Oh God, ask and you will receive because it's Sky Blue and Madison Rae. Oh God, who else was it going to be? I'm I... skipping that show. What, with the Shibata match? That's a good Come point. On. That's a good point. Come on We'll now. get back to that. We've done Jericho Cabana. I just, on the Baker thing, I thought this was really nice that Baker was like, why would I sit down with Renee? Like, Renee, they're the best of friends. I'm not going to sit down with you. I'm going to do it with mm. an actual journalist, Tony Schiavone, who's her friend. Yeah. thought that was quite nice. And they also announced later on in the show, it's going to be Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm for the AEW Interim Women's Championship. They had a really nice video package for that, where Great. they really got over their personal history together, mm -hmm. wrestling in Japan, being housemates in England. So yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. And suddenly made, I was like, okay, there's some substance here that they're communicating to the audience. We had a wonderful backstage death triangle segment where Pac tries to impart some wisdom on Ray Phoenix and it felt like he was going to give him this really good insight. He just goes, you want to use a hammer? <laughs> I hit him with this hammer once and that was really effective. I know. Orange Cassidy's ultimate weakness. It's a hammer to the face. <laughs> Problem is, if I do a Geordie accent, I have to go real high. Yeah. It's the only way I can really get across a Geordie accent. Hit him with this hammer, pet. <laughs> I loved this All-Atlantic Championship match. The All-Atlantic Championship match, as much as I do not think it's needed, is here compared to the TNT title right now. Orange Cassidy, Luchasaurus, Ray Phoenix, with these interweaving storylines of Christian Cage and Jungle Boy and Pac hating Orange Cassidy and Pac's tension with the Lucha Bros, because they're not cheating the same way he is. 
plus all that action. I yeah. thought this was a perfectly it was so so much in danger of just being over overbooked, but it was perfect. This is exactly what you wanted it to be. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff <laughs> in all of this as well. Um and it culminated, not culminated, but, but uh, built some of those other storylines as well, because Luchasaurus dominating the two smaller lads, absolutely like throwing mm. Orange Cassidy hell for leather up the ramp. And just as he's about to choke slam him on the ramp, Jungle Boy runs out from the back, wallops Luchasaurus with a chair, and then he chases off Christian Cage from commentary. I thought he was gone at that point. Yeah. And then he just like pelts it towards Luchasaurus. There's this big diving crossbody, and they two fall off the stage, throw a bunch of tables on the floor. Spectacular spot. That was really cool. And then just like before you even catch your breath, Pac's like, the hammer, the hammer. Hit him with the hammer, Ray. <laughs> and uh Ray's like, no, mate, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna murder a guy. And Cassidy wins with was it the orange punch? It's the orange punch, and it yeah. was it was on the roll through by Phoenix as well. So it was right. like after a couple of reversals and stuff. Really, really cool finish <laughs> and a very, very fun three way uh, three way match. And like, well, that was great. Uh, and then all of a sudden, because the stipulation for this match mm. clunkily uh, dropped in yeah. on this show was that the winner of this will not only defend the All Atlantic Championship on Friday, but will have a dream match of their choice. I don't think, knowing where that then went, I don't think you needed that weird no, stipulation. Didn't. Not really, no. Very odd. Yeah. AEW are getting this dangerous habit of, well, let's chuck a stip, or let's chuck a title match oh, yeah. on, a, on a thing last minute. It's a very panic move. It's championship contenders. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so then, Shibata's entrance music hit, and he's followed out by the best friends, Shibata and, and Rocky Romero. Shibata gets in the ring, looks at Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy passes him the contract. Orange Cassidy and Shibata sign a match for the All Atlantic Championship. On, on Rampage! On this a, is the show you've been waiting on. On a live episode of Rampage this Friday. So that means, in addition to Sky Blue and Madison Rain versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, in 2022 when you thought the wrestling year couldn't get any weirder after Vince McMahon being deposed, after Vince McMahon firing his own son, after Stone Cold coming back, Cody Rhodes jumping ship, CM Punk dropping the bitch bomb. Shibata is going to have a title match with Orange Cassidy, commentated on by Mike Tyson. <laughs> on the lowest rated show that <laughs> AEW always put out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's on a terrible time slot. I mean, I, look, I, I've, I've been very high on this show. I like, weirdly, a lot of people are now saying, Ollie, you, you've gone the other way. <laughs> I came into the office today and I was like, fun show. And I said, like, oh, you're the first person I've heard that said this was a good show this week. No one liked this show online. I think I miss the days when Vince would just go, ah, screw it, and <laughs> chuck everything at the wall. And this felt like those glory days where it was like, what, the, what does this mean? None of it makes sense, but goddamn, I'm excited. So this is where I was at with this. Yeah. Weird. Shibata is having a match on Rampage. Uh, yeah, cool. Which he will presumably lose. Yeah, most likely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? It's, it's like, it's actually, it's actually profoundly bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah. But I love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but <laughs> just when you think you can catch your breath again... 
Rick Ross is the greatest wrestling promo you've ever heard. Yeah, why isn't Rick Ross the manager of Swerve in Our Glory? Accusations! <laughs> he, Rick Ross, Swerve Strickland backstage with Tony Schiavone. Rick Ross is just cutting this... You know, what's he? He's a rapper. He's the boss. Producer, maybe. Long time, like, rap legend. And he just cut an awesome promo, hyping Swerve, like, to, to the best hype man degree. Keith Lee comes in, he's like... Well, you know, like I, I want to talk about these. The, you know, you, you maimed a guy's you, fingers. Yeah, and you cheated. I've seen the shows. And and Rick Ross is just going, "Hey, we're all about positivity here." <laughs> and Keith Lee starts to say, "I watched the match back with FTR before he's even finished." Rick Ross just goes, "Accusations, <laughs> champagne, <laughs> champagne, Dean." This was excellent. Yeah, Keith Lee ended up toasting them. I think Keith's gonna turn heel. Oh, you think he's going to, like, align with Swerve? It could go either way, couldn't it? But I think the way this went, <clears throat> I think he's going to turn heel. Interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing Swerve versus Lee as well, like, have that as a little mini feud. Not that I think that the Hobbs and Starks template worked out particularly mm. great. But um, I actually well, wouldn't... Hobbs in the main event of this show. Yeah, but it's, it's Starks. And they, yeah. they had their, what, four and a half minute match on uh, All Out? Marina Shafir took on Jade Cargill next. Jade Cargill uh, squashed her. How much I cared about this match. I wrote Marina Shafir versus Marina Shafir. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the show only had 25 minutes left at this point. So this was not going to go long. Jade Cargill passed 40 wins on Dark this week. No, she got her 40th win on Dark. She passed 40 on this show. Well, that's, but that's what I... She got a... I would say that's 40 wins. I would say that is the bigger milestone. Than 41. Than 41. Mm -hmm. Do that on this show. Um... A lot of the concentration was on how Lil Bow Wow shot his shot on Cargill on Twitter. I don't know if you would say that was the focus of this match. They uh, mentioned it before it, and then Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose then became the focus of this. Yeah, well, the, the focus of the pre-match, I guess, not the 40 wins. And then, then yeah, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose did commentary from the ramp on the match so everyone could hear. And I think on paper this is a good idea because Nyla Rose is very, very witty did not work it felt like that they just thought ah we'll just go out there we'll make it up when we get out there mm. and that was quite evident when they got out there i was like oh, actually i hadn't thought of anything to say <laughs> and they just all would like you know just be like oh hey um look at that over there yeah and it, and that didn't have a lot of things prepared to actually say and ultimately marina shafir was was squashed which is, you know, fine. I just wait until you ask what Marina yeah. Shafir's out there for. I think that this is a match that you should get really angry about on Twitter. Oh, are people getting angry about it? Well, I mean, I, when they announced the match, my first re response to this was like, I should just be really angry about this match, then get dogpiled by the AEW Women's Locker Room, then do a three-hour live stream about it on YouTube. What are we referencing? I don't know what you're talking about. That was the thing. That, JD. Uh, got dogpiled by the AW. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Did you not see? This? No, no, yeah. no. I hate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was not. He was not in favor of this match happening. Mm -hmm. um, and then he went on Twitter and said it was an orchestrated attack by Britt Baker uh, to get the AW Women's Locker Room against him. Oh wow! Conspir ironically, conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Um, I think Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill would be a good match, though. I think that's like a credible threat to Jade's title run. Yeah. Um, Poor Akira Hogan. They did a terrible job of trying to get the belt back. And Jake mm. was very upset about that. Uh, after that, we got a House of Black promo. I would say probably the most intriguing thing on the entire show because I, you know, last we heard of them, they were definitely asking for their 
releases, this is public from the horse's mouth, mouth stuff, um, but then it seems like no releases and granted, take a break, and maybe this is the end of that break happening. Excellent video. It was package. really cool. It was Julia Hart kind of wrapping up um, Malachi and Brody King. I thought Buddy was there, but apparently he wasn't. Was he not? Oh, okay. Maybe his face wasn't shown, but it was certainly implied his body was there. They drowned the bodies, and then they burnt the bodies, and then it seemed like they rose from the dead. Super cool. Mm. Yeah, I thought this was a really, really awesome video package. And I hope that when they do come back, we get something really big for the House of Black. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they have been a, a bit of a mishandled <laughs> act since debuting. Cool entrance, cool look, uh, but have not had that killer storyline yet. And I think that for me is kind of my big issue I've got with AEW currently, is they don't have that big story. Mm. And, you know, even arguably, I don't think WWE, outside of the bloodline, have got that big story. But that one big story that they have is like one of the best stories that they've done in, in a while. And they've also got Bray Wyatt that's a very like, but that's at, the, at this point, a very slow burn. Like that but is it's a, hot. But it's, it's hot, but it is an incredibly long like wick, mm. like that is just slowly burning down before we get to the thing. The bloodline is like at almost at its apex at the moment. But AEW doesn't even have like any wicks currently. Yeah, it's not very UC, is it? AEW. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Um, the when we got the announcement of Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, and our main event was Samoa Joe versus Brian Cage, fourth championship match of the night. We were very proud to say on commentary, he's like, "Hey guys, we're giving you four championship matches. Yeah. The fourth one means the most <laughs> <laughs> in the span of forty minutes." I thought this was very fun. Yeah, probably, probably not like the best version of Joe and Cage, but. I thought Brian Cage looked excellent here. This is big hoss action. Yeah. And they did some big hoss type things. These were two hoss type Pokemon. And I, I doing really flips. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Great. And, and, I, and I had a, a good <laughs> time with it. Big, heavy, like kickouts and stuff. I thought Taz was great on commentary, putting over. Because, yeah, you're right. Mm. Brian Cage looked awesome in this. Yeah. It was like almost dominating Joe to a degree. Chucking him around. Exactly. And Taz was pointing out, like pointing out that like all these kickouts that Joe is doing, kickouts exert energy mm -hmm. from you. So like, yeah, it may feel like you're kicking out of these moves, but actually that's more detrimental to you in the long run. So last month, Luke and I reviewed TNA Bound for Glory 2005 for, for Patreons. Please go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk so you can listen to that. It's made me remember I don't like Samoa Joe selling. I just want matches where he, you know, even if he's hit, he just gets back up and yeah. gets in your face. It's just my request. Don't sell for anyone, Samoa Joe. Ever? Ever. You want him to be like the Road Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> and just have like big... Just do this exact match, but don't do any bits when you're doing this. Oh, oh ow. Because I don't, I don't like it. Just want you to be badass. A bit, oh, what do you think <laughs> happened after this match, Ollie? So Brian Cage tapped out to the Kikina Clutch, so he's now lost to both Wardlow and Joe, yep. so for the TNT and ROH TV titles. And the embassy jump him, and then the Wardlow, the, the Wardlow Wardlow comes out to save Joe, and then the powerhouse Hobbs took out Wardlow, and eventually posed with the TNT Championship. I could not care less about Wardlow versus the embassy. Mm. Like it feels like it's it's. I'm into uh, Wardlow versus powerhouse Hobbs. I yeah, it's yeah. a good thing for for Hobbs. But man, I'm done with seeing Warjo and Gates of Agony attacking them after the match and stuff. Like, I think it is lost. 
I can't even say that it's lost steam because I don't think it ever got steam in the first place. There's been no effort to get them over. No, well, and all they've had is title matches. Like, Gates mm. of Agony had a title match against FTR and lost. And now Brian Cage has had a title match against Wardlow and lost. Then had a match against Samoa Joe and lost. And it's like The Firm. Mm. Like, The Firm just lose all the time. So it's hard to take them seriously to threat when you then do, like, a big beatdown angle. Be like, oh, we're the big hand. I was like, well, you never win. I've never seen you win on TV. You pro they've probably got 50 wins on Dark, but <laughs> I, I don't see those. AEW's gone from a very, very strong faction base over the last two years when you think of, like, the Dark Order, the Elite, um, House of Black, freaking the Pinnacle, which were incredible. Um, they've, they, they've become very diluted with, again, Ring of Honor stuff, Embassy, Kingdom, Firm. They're all those. They're all those. Um, but overall, I I loved how bonkers this show was. Yeah. I was very excited. It's the most sort of intrigued I've been about AEW for a while. But all my criticisms still remain. But I'm being positive. I, get, I looked through my scores. I was like, no, I enjoyed it more than that show. Enjoyed it more than that show. 84% I ended up at. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have said a solid three and a half out of five, mm. four out of five. A, a good week of television. <laughs> Bonkers stuff happened. Popped massively for Shibata. Popped massively for My World playing. Um, and I really enjoyed that three-way. I'm excited for the pay-per-view. I'm excited for the announcement uh, of, of Hater versus Storm. So there was a lot of like positives to take away from this show. Just, like, my big thing I've got with AEW at the moment is it doesn't have a big thing. It doesn't have a big mm. hook at the moment. Yeah, even the MJF mock stuff. I think even that, yeah. yeah. Meltzer said in his review... This might be the worst episode of Dynamite they've ever done in terms of in-ring wrestling. Because, the, the you know, you usually have one or two blow-away matches every week. I think that's actually fair, yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't mind that. I think, you know, sometimes it's good to... Because you hate wrestling. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> I, always, I always thought, yes, I want five-star matches every week and I want three of them at least. And then the pay-per-views will also be five-star... And now I'm living through that reality. I'm like, oh, no, that's like just saying I want it. It's what I want. It's not you what like, I need. Yeah. You like donuts, do you? <laughs> Have all the donuts. Yeah, there does need to be like a sort of tempering of when you deliver excellent things. Um, but I really enjoyed the three-way too. on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk you can get your name read out here but also a bonus content goes up every single wednesday so yesterday saw the release of the patreon mailbag with pete and tempest aing your cues next week will be the behind the scenes mm -hmm. show the week after that will be after dark with an all-star lineup of pete adam terry and sullivan great little show that'll be and then you and I will be reviewing a classic pay-per-view for WrestleTalk Extra at the end of the month. And there'll also be an extra perk this weekend. Uh, stick around to the end of the show to hear about that while we just get on with our remaining Omega chats. Falling Downer says, Boom, boom! Thrilled to see Colt back, and the fan reception looked like it meant so much to him that he claimed a ridiculous and wonderful. Taz is so much fun on commentary, and I love that Darby is moving away from Sting. He's much better as a loner. Um, Sting's coming back though. Yeah, sorry. I think the um, someone turned up my Hall of Fame music, so that was apparently way too loud. <laughs> We've just got a new streaming computer, so it might. But be I, I fixed it on oh. there. But so someone's turned it down. But oh well. Sorry, I, I apologise. I missed that bit. The Rick Peck agree with Ollie. It was a weird show. 
Is it just me? Or, but, but I can't remember the last time I was actually excited to watch Samoa Joe wrestle. <gasps> Feels a result of his poor booking in WWE on the main roster and second NXT run and compounded by this run in ROH. The first couple of matches he had in AEW, I was like, oh my God, it's the old Samoa Joe. But since then, yeah. But I think he then had like massive time off because he went to mm. go and do Twisted Metal. And I think that's kind of took a lot of the shine off of Joe because yeah. he was there for such a small period of time and then was like gone for months. J.S. Wooten, top hair over here looking like a broken man because the Muffin Man is no longer in AEW. Thank God. Rather have a dude who helps his mum out than a dude who eats a muffin like a schmuck. <laughs> Highlight of the night, you to jumping Sammy like he owed him money. Um, Keenan Carrington. Ker- First off, I want to say thanks for making my work days fly by. Keep up the great work. Uh, on another note, I had to break down the whole meaning of scissor me daddy ass to my wife. I, okay, I would like you to then break that down for me because my <laughs> wife has also asked me what it means and I don't really know. I've just said, every time she said, why do they say scissor me daddy ass? And I'm like, because it got over? Well, scissor me is their greeting. It's yeah. it's just say that and daddy ass is his name but then there comes the question of like okay but well what does scissor me mean it means to to shake hands in a scissoring but why uh, just just their thing why do a two sweet yeah but I, again that brings up the same point of like well why is that a thing just then? say it's a cool secret but what, handshake. What, what does it mean when, what was the origins of this it's a cool secret handshake with lesbian overtones <laughs> that's what it is that because that's the thing is i think my wife is just like what, like, why are they doing this of all things? It's funny. Well, that's the only thing I can come back to. <laughs> I, I just keep saying it got so. Sometimes things get over in wrestling and I can't explain it. William Rosmer. Also, am I the only one who finds it funny? Hobbs and Cage are working together. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Team Taz reunion. Yeah. I thought also they re- well, sort of reunited on Rampage because mm. Hobbs attacked uh, Wardlow on that show. Kind of the same. I, mean, I guess you have to do the same things on Rampage so that people actually see it. <laughs> Uh, just, me, just me dogging on the rampage rain against Jack Nichols a wild slap none appears somebody alert Marky D I thought he was dead but apparently he's not dead but he is Jeff <laughs> he is Jeff <laughs> to paraphrase Crichton that's his crime and that too is his punishment do you, who's Crichton yeah from Red Dwarf oh from Red Dwarf he looks weak though as you do Peng boys much love Triple H or Hulk Hogan sorry much love HH uh, I mean Tony Khan McMahon? Is that what's TKM? TKM. Uh, the, uh, it was their crew name, and I forgot what it is now. I do apologize, but that is their crew name. Uh, Bijinti 3S. I decided not to watch Dynamite this week for the first time since I became an AEW fan. I'm pretty sure the wrestling was great as usual. Huh, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason for me to tune in every single week anymore. Keep speaking up for us disgruntled AEW fans. Ollie. Well, that's the problem with he liked this week's show, so now he's speaking for all the AEW fans that he pissed off last week. <laughs> um, Nick Smith, I it would be an entire bullet, uh, Blackpool Combat Club heel turn. With MJF's babyface turn, he decides to try and win clean, and Regal lays him out with the knucks. Mox wins. Regal reiterates that MJF isn't a real villain like him, could even steal the devil's greatest trick line. That's also not bad. Mm. So yeah, so it could be an entire heel turn for them instead. Mm. Um, I guess so, but like, I don't know if Claudio or Danielson are in the positions at the moment to also be heels. I think Danielson could. He's always a tweener. Claudio would have to get kicked out. Yeah. 
Um, as with Wheeler Utah, maybe. Um, finally, two from Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. I'm behind on the stream, but wanted to chime in on the Regal turn. I sent this in the other week, stating, please don't turn Regal and Brian. Claudio Utah for trios titles. Oh, please don't turn Regal and Brian Claudio Utah for trios titles. Regal can't turn. Blackpool Combat Club are great, but need to be an actual faction. LIW for life. And then again, I just wanted to say that Luke's high-pitched Geordie accent impression is one of the best Sarah Millican impressions ever. Nicely done, Luke. Plus, she's great on Taskmaster. She is. Um, finally, I agree with Ollie. A very weird, but good dynamite for me this week. Um, I mean, you say it's a great Sarah Millican impersonation, but actually it's a perfect Pete Quinnell impersonation. That's really, that's, that's really who I'm doing. Um, well, that's the end of the show. However, we have a very exciting new show debuting on Parts of Unknown tomorrow. Here's a little glimpse. Hello, and welcome to our new hit show, Survival Series, where we've taken the most exciting and beloved round of Quizzlemania and turned it into its own brand new show. You will be naming every WWE champion. Hello, I'm very annoyed at how much people think I'm going to be good at this. That would be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Rock Lesnar. Bobby Lashley. Big E. The Miz. No! Who <laughs> That is your first strike. No! I was really hoping I could hold on to at least that first mistake for a little while. I'm missing something. Randy Orton. Dean Ambrose. Daniel Bryan. Dean, Seth, Roman, I can't remember what order. He gets off Seamus, off Cena. It's me. Hi, Tempest. Hi. That's your new show. It is. I'm very excited about it and would very much appreciate if everybody watching this podcast would watch the show tomorrow. It's been a real long time coming for this show. I've been really excited to try and get it off the ground. And I'm just more excited about having a bunch more fun content on Parts Fun Known in general. And I think I think everybody had a very good time with it. I'm very happy with how the show has turned out. It's a really, like, we've all watched the edit now. It's a very, very fun, like, it's, it's a really fun episode. We um we even got some outside, because Dan Layton was in the studio today. And Dan Layton was very excited to watch it. And at the end, it was like, I love that. I can't wait to see more of them. It's, yeah. It is the perfect blend of like wrestling and fun that I very much want to bring to PFK because, of course, wrestling is the thing that all these channels are based around. But I want to bring a little bit of that game show flair and not have it just reserved for Quizzlemania. And I think this really is kind of the best of both worlds. We've got some very fun editing involved. We've got a lot of very funny moments mm -hmm. from the ones that I didn't expect to be as good at this game as I thought they would be. Who are you talking who, who are you talking <laughs> about? The viewers will have to wait and see. Absolutely was. I will say it is one of the most stressful things. <laughs> uh, like I, I've done a number of Blood and the Clock Tower shoes now, but this feels like one of the most stressful things yeah. I've ever done. Well, I'm glad. That was the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so go and subscribe to Parts of Unknown right now and enable notifications to always on so you know when it goes live immediately tomorrow. We'll also plug it in the WrestleTalk News. And also, sign up to Patreon because... Yes, if you sign up to Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, you get to see the full uncut version of this show. So you get to see everybody's full attempt from start to finish before... I don't know, people might get eliminated, can't spoil who's going to go the furthest, 
but you get to see which bits really stump each people because there are some bits that just for the sake of time we couldn't include in the shorter version i think the shorter version is pretty jam-packed with fun and good moments but there are even more good moments sprinkled throughout the full extended version and it's honestly it's not even that long it's a good hour and a bit of content it's like a real healthy like podcast sized mm. chunk and I think it's just as good as its own standalone content as well. So if you want to see that as well, make sure that you sign up at the $10 and above tier at patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk. It's going to be a good, good time. Uh, we've got one more ultra chat in as well that comes in from Kevin that says, Lethal and Dutch suck at big reveals. It's first Satnam Singh, now Cole Carter. Also, I was late to the stream, so I'd love to know Luke's reaction to my well being played on TV again. I loved it. It was, it was the best thing on this show that wasn't Darby <laughs> Allen doing the bullet dive onto Satnam Singh and being falling into that big brick wall that he is um but again i do i'm i will i will die on this hill cole carter reveal was supposed to be bad it's the point of it it was supposed to be bad it was supposed to suck because it makes the other reveal seem bigger well, and they succeeded yeah because <laughs> it did suck it did suck it did suck but that was the point i it thought was he was dead to. wrap it up boys we've done this two dimes <laughs> is supposed to be dead Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Uh, we are back tomorrow with the Blackpool Content Club. And then on Saturday, these two guys will be doing live reactions to Crown Jewel. It's Ollie versus Tempest for the Jam That Championship. And then on Sunday, myself and Ollie Davis will be reviewing Crown Jewel in full. Take care, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. Jam That Jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.